On this week's episode of the Brothers of Discussion podcast, Aaron and I discuss several current event items. We look back at the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games and what stood out to us. We'll look at the states trying to pass anti-mask mandates in schools. And finally, we'll address and discuss the crisis situation going on in Afghanistan. That's coming up next on the Brothers of Discussion podcast. Hey, hey, back again. Yes, yes, we are. How are you? Oh, not too bad. I've been I've been better. I uh, just oh. uh, finished watching a three-game series last night between the Yankees and the Red Sox, and the Red Sox can't even buy a win these days. There isn't a large enough amount of money? Uh, well, I, I'll put it this way. They play the game the right way, so... I don't know. I just, uh, you know me, um, I just, I can't stand the Yankees or as I call them, the Jankies. Yeah, the Jankies. Yeah, they, uh, but I don't know. If that's my biggest problem, I'm doing okay, I guess. Well, but still, I get it. Yeah, three three games and they can't even win one. No, that's not cool. Which kind of leads me to, um, or I should say leads us to, I guess, in a way, um, some people just want to watch the world burn. You know, it would seem like it. I, I don't, you know, whether it's whether it's sports or politics, um, environmental. It yeah. seems like it seems like everything. Nothing is moderate anymore. It's one extreme or the other. Well, and for our listeners that are listening to this, um, of course, after we get it online, don't uh, don't push stop or pause or anything. I, I haven't taken leave of my senses. I'll tell. That the the title of this episode, some people just want to watch the world burn, will uh, become hopefully abundantly clear after this episode. But yeah, um, I don't know. You got you've been uh, dealing with some smoke uh, down there, your neck of the woods, for a while, right? Well, yeah. It's, I guess there's a big ass fire in California, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I learned about one in Utah that are uh, of pretty pretty decent size. Oh boy. But then I guess talking to family just the other day, I guess northern Minnesota is experiencing wildfires, believe it or not. You know, I, I heard the same, and I'm guessing that your source is the same as mine. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, Somewhere near Brit. Lake, I've never. Uh, like I heard, Lake, Lake of the Woods area. Yep, yep, yep. I haven't heard of Brit in a long time. But yeah, I, uh, uh, you know, Minnesota's Minnesota's home on that. Uh, yeah. And that, that's beautiful country up north there it, nothing like anywhere else and it's it's um well it's sad and it's uh for lack of a better word it's it's fucking devastating well and i i do i do hope that whether it's northern minnesota or utah or canada or california um i i do hope for the best for those folks and it makes me sad when people have to leave their homes and aren't sure oh, if, they're gonna, if they're not going to be able to go back or not or oh it's the destructive you know. power is 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 evil it's um i but, i really got to give a give a shout out to the first responders and yeah um all the firefighters and what support personnel incident management teams um well, i don't know about you but i was always kind of brought up to uh run away from fire and these folks are have been trained and are uh, have plucked up the courage to go towards the fire in, in an attempt to save humans save lives and and uh wildlife and nature 
well and not just you're absolutely right and i i echo that and and a big tip of the cap uh my red Sox cap to the first responders firefighters and medical personnel and uh not only them but but volunteers you know a lot of people a lot of people in the communities come out and you know uh whether it's it's providing you know cases of water or you know a place to crash or you know even even restaurants or just mom and pop you know grilling a meal or catering you know bringing food to these people uh first responders or the people that have been displaced that's that i mean it, it can't maybe replace a, a house that's burned down but to know that you have that kind of support and don't necessarily have to worry you know where a meal's coming from that can that can go a long way Oh, absolutely. And it's interesting because in my opinion, and this is one, one thing that I love, if it's at all possible to identify any silver lining in all this is like you said about, you know, when the community gets rounded up and gets excited and helps, that not only is what the definition of community is, but it also in turn helps to strengthen that community. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, I think uh, it's, it, it takes sometimes it, it, as unfortunate as it is, it takes a, a, a instance or a situation of destruction or something along those lines to, to really show what, uh, what kind of fabric a community is made out of. Oh, absolutely. And uh, you know, I don't want to just, I guess, limit my thanks to the continental United States, but um there's tropical storms and wildfires, droughts that are threatening even the Caribbean and even Haiti, which yes. God, Haiti just can't catch a break. They were rocked, I think, with an earthquake not that long ago. And yeah, a couple days ago, three, four days ago. You know, a major part of that area of Haiti is, you know, built on a big fault line, which isn't their fault, but no pun intended. Exactly. Um and so when their places get ravaged, the only choice is to rebuild where they're at. And so, you know, unfortunately, that's going to keep happening. It becomes a cycle of destruction and rebuilding, destruction, rebuilding, and um, Tropical Storm Grace can kiss my ass. Oh, yeah. If it's, well, but I'm going to, th- I've mentioned this before in other episodes, but and I'm going to, you were, like I said, and I mean this in a nice way, you were always better at being sarcastic than I was, but, but climate change isn't real though. Oh yeah. That's, that's, and the, the earth is flat too. So yeah, well we, that's not part, that's not the bulk of our episode today though. No, um, we should make a whole podcast though about that. <laughs> no, sure literally. I'm sure we could round I, up some flat earth conspirators. No, I, you know, I, I, well, we'll talk about this. I have a different idea. I, I actually want to buy a sailboat. Okay. And I, I want you and I to podcast and, and as we're sailing to, to see if we'll fall off the edge of the earth, well, I want to, I want to keep podcasting and let our listeners know uh, when we fall off the edge of the earth. Uh, I know in my luck, I'd probably drop my phone in the water on the first day. You know, I probably would too, or. Um, but I, I would do that with you under one condition, as long as it's a traditional Scandinavian Viking longship. Okay. That's a deal. Yeah. Because those things just cruise, man. I still have that cardboard, uh, Viking helmet that we got at the museum. <laughs> that was one of my favorite exhibits I've ever seen in a museum, partly oh, because 
for our listeners that don't know that we have a huge portion of our family's ancestry is Scandinavian, uh, Norwegian to be specific. And I've always felt not that I don't with the other heritage uh, lineage, I guess you could say, but for growing up as a kid, you know, knowing how the, you know, the, 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 the stories of the Scandinavian peoples and the Vikings and things like that. I don't know. For some reason, I just took great pride in that. Well, and I did too. And one thing I can really respect is that they, uh, they treated women with respect. In fact, they, they, they were the, the Viking women were ended up being gladiators and fought and, uh, well, if you weren't careful, some of those Viking or Scandinavian women, you look at them the wrong way and they bury a battle axe in your skull. Yeah, and bury you alive and make a make a lamp out of you. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, uh, you know, I I got mad respect for because it, you know, it's that, it's kind of that idea of uh, you know, I will not be disrespected. I won't be a, I won't be laid a hand on and yeah. uh, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like, you know, I wouldn't do that to you and so don't do that to me, that kind of thing. But yeah, absolutely. I think we should make that journey. I look forward to it. <laughs> yeah, put it on the bucket list. Oh yes, I got a list going. Well, speaking of bucket list, let's. What do you say we dive in? Yeah, sounds good to me. So, first thing I wanted to get to you and I, you know, every week, uh, like we've said to our listeners, we'll compare notes and what we're going to hash out for an episode and uh-huh. things like that. I think for, you and I both agreed that how how could we not, being that this is such a the last two years coming up on two years has been so ridiculously weird. Oh uh, we we finally got the Olympics done. Uh, oh, I'm the, so glad. The 2020, technically 2020, but obviously they were held in 2021. Um, Olympic Games in Tokyo, Japan. Finally, uh, well, I need to I need to put uh, I need to amend that a little bit. the The 2020 Olympic Games have been completed, but you like they do every year. The Paralympic Games are just starting as well. So. Uh, yeah. First, first thing I'll say yeah. is best of luck to all the Paralympic athletes uh, who are uh, uh, competing and, and things like that. And best of luck in your events and safe travels and all that stuff. Uh, but the yeah, the 2020 games are underway. I'm very happy. You know, talk about a community coming together. What, you know, some people were, well, this is stupid because there's no fans or there aren't as many fans. It's like, well, yeah, for obvious reasons, we're not going to go back uh, down that road. But I was just happy to see that they got them done and got them in. <clears throat> oh, me too. I Even though they had to be delayed, I, I really am too, because I, 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 I did know, or at least I heard, right, it was made aware of during the olympics uh themselves that a lot prior to them being held this year um there were a lot of japanese uh citizens and and um administrators uh leaders powers that be um that were actually very hesitant to to have the games um because of the covid and everything else and you know what i completely understand that they there was a, a huge risk of, of it being a, a, a super spreader type of event uh, of, of the COVID-19. And I really, I have to respect that, that they thought of their citizenry first and, and their welfare. And um, I'm just glad they could be held safely um, yeah. because, correct me if I'm wrong, but the village, it's often referred to, um, the village that the actual 
the area, the exact area where the Olympics were, were, were held was actually largely unaffected by the COVID virus. But surprisingly, um, it, according to statistics or, or news stories, uh, a lot of other areas within Tokyo, which is a massive city, um, were greatly affected and it spread rapidly. Yeah. Yeah, they, they they were able to, you know, for the three and a half or whatever, however many weeks and days the Olympics were going on from opening ceremony to closing ceremony and everything in between, you know, you heard every now and then about a couple of athletes, you know, testing positive here and there. Um, but it wasn't, uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't as massive. I think a lot of athletes did their best and either stayed to their, um, their living quarters or, you know, sports facilities when they had to go out and compete. Sure. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they, a lot of them I saw, um, you know, watching the, whether it was swimming or whether it was gymnastics or, you know, skateboarding or whatever they were, you know, when they weren't playing or when they were done, they were putting masks on and, you know, track athletes as soon as they were done running or throwing or whatever, put the mask on, hand sanitizers, you know, sit away from people. Eh, it looked like they were, you know, doing doing right by themselves, you know. Yeah, not only the the uh, athletes that were competing, but I, again, I'm just kind of impressed at the way the way it was organized and the steps yeah. that were taken. I mean, there was an actual COVID-19 advisor to the Japanese mm-hmm. government um, mm-hmm. that, that was the one that said everyone should stay home and watch instead of gathering and this this guy is actually literally um i don't want to i don't want to botch his real name but he's literally they call him the dr fauci of japan oh wow and and i'm glad that there are people like that that come around and they say uh no maybe you should watch it at home i mean how can we we're not i'm not gonna get too philosophical but i i don't know how we can't at least recognize that without the general public attending that that didn't have some effect on the lack of cases. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's kind of a no brainer. I mean, or at least for those of us that trust the science and the professionals and not Fox news. And yes, that is a jab at Fox news, but um, it's, it's not, I know, right. Shame (laughs) on me, shame on me, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to call a spade a spade. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I should just say Fox, what they put out is not news, but anyways, right. um, long story short. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a no brainer. I mean, obviously the limited number of spectators, um, or none at all. Some, some events had like the volley, like beach volleyball. Um, I noticed skateboarding, uh, I think even rugby, the rugby sevens games at the Olympics, some of those that were outdoors, had fans but they were very secluded in like in pods or they were um they were off you know away from each other if they were outdoors um that that's a no-brainer i mean it i can only imagine the stress that these athletes went through not only being told hey sorry you know you get on this training cycle i can imagine and it's like okay four years i gotta do xyz and then you're told that well now we're going to cancel in 2020 but we'll have them next year 
So right. that kind of throws things off to begin with. And then to be told, well, there's not going to be anybody there. And then maybe, you know, I'm sure a lot of these athletes, the uh, friends and family were going to be there or wanted to be there. And that's a support network that's gone, you know, too. So absolutely. And it was not, it was unlike any other Olympic event since the yeah. history of the Olympics. I mean, it yeah. was unprecedented uh, in every way. Um and, and we're and we're and we're keep in mind though the, the 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 gravity of your statement there and Olympics unlike any other keep in mind that that just kind of hit me for a second you know, we're all, we're talking about an event and you're absolutely right it was unlike any other Olympics in history winter or summer we were talking about an, uh, an athletic competition that's been going on since the ancient Greeks and mm. one of those summer Olympics in the 1930s had Adolf Hitler at them. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and in the Berlin Games, and this is this one was still different than everything else. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that notorious one with Hitler and yeah, yeah, um, yeah, ancient Greece, man, Mount Olympus. I you got it. They again talk about being unprecedented. The the those Olympics back in ancient Greece were uh, they were all performed naked, and I'm not sure that that would help me in any sport. No, I would make me more fearful in, my, in most parts. I mean, I think of, which kind of is an interesting segue to some of the events that stood out to me. Um, it, you know, the events that I particularly enjoy and the sports that I enjoy watching, I would not be comfortable performing that in the, in the you know, uh, stark naked as a jaybird. No, I would drop my javelin. Yeah. <laughs> Some of those people were falling over as they were throwing them anyways. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, the, the the events this year, I mean, obviously the corners of the swimming and the gymnastics and, you know, the even the equestrian, which I don't watch. I don't really get into the horses and things like that. But, um, yeah, all the staples were there. Um, but the ones that I really enjoyed watch for the first time ever, skateboarding was in the Olympics. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and and for for whatever reason, I've always, maybe I've always kind of been a punk rocker kid at heart, you know, the mm -hmm. Blink 182s and all that stuff. I mentioned that before, but one of my favorite athletes even since I was a kid has been Tony Hawk. Oh and yeah. Just the things and he didn't compete in the Olympics, but he was there and he was kind of a consultant for networks uh, when skateboarding was on. I thought that was fantastic. The amount of talent that was on display yes. during the uh, during the skateboarding alone was um, amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Well, and what an inspiration to young people who are. Yeah. Good Lord. I mean, I don't even know how old you and I were when we fooled around with, a, you know, a, a cheap uh, chintzy skateboard. Yeah. Um, and and we're, we're just goofing off. But there are children... Uh, not uh, you know I'm I'm gonna say young adults even though age wise they're younger than us that are that are winning these medals and it's like what a what an awesome thing to watch and that was fun to to just uh, see their reaction right uh, yeah uh, receiving a, a prestigious medal yeah and and they were you you hit the nail right on the head a lot of them were young 17 oh, yes. 16 15 I think one in the in the one of the female competitions medal rounds the bronze medalist was 13 years old <laughs> see that's crazy and it's like i'm 30 i just turned 34 last week and i look at some of the stuff they're doing and i'd land on my head yep me you too know? me too 
The other one I really enjoy, and I've talked to you much about this, uh, even, and it's not anything new. I was glued to it in the last summer Olympics when they were where I don't even remember where the last summer Olympics were in, in, um, 2016, but anyways, um, rugby, rugby is is another one of my favorites. I've gotten gotten more into rugby and paying more attention to it. And I just, I just like watching that stuff, man. It's, um, if, if rugby was a rounder of it, it, well, yeah, I mean, but there's strategy. There's not really any timeouts. (laughs) Well, yeah. And, and rugby sevens, you know, for our listeners, just a kind of a quick crash course. Um, there's two, technically two different kinds of rugby matches. There's rugby sevens, which is in the Olympics. And then there's traditional rugby, um, that are, that's played in other countries and cities and things like that. Rugby sevens, there's only seven players aside, hence the name. And each half is um, seven minutes or eight minutes, if I remember correctly. The traditional rugby matches, each side has 15 players, mm-hmm. and each half is 40 minutes. So it's an 80-minute yeah. match. Right. Um, and so anyways, I, I like the rugby, of course, when it comes to the Olympics. There's always really one team or two maybe that the world is glued to. That's New Zealand and Fiji. And they put on a freaking show every oh, yeah. Olympics. Yeah, those two countries in particular are phenomenal at that rugby. Was, that was fun to watch. I mean, it is a it is a holiday. Um, I um, you mentioned New Zealand and, and Fiji. Um, just a random fact or, or random observation. Uh, the other day, I was watching an episode of Anthony Bourdain's No Reservations, mm. and he was in Australia, of course. Uh, uh, um, absorbing their their culinary treasures, and he had a, a in one s- a segment of the show. He um, went to a Australian rugby match with a ex uh, mm. ex pro player, and the 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 stadium was gorgeous. the The sun was starting to set, and and he learned. You know, obviously, he had his his cup of suds and. And this guy was kind of telling him what's what, and this is what this means, and that's what that means. Or, and and the crowd. I mean, when when their team was up, I can't remember the name of the team. Um, shame on me. But when their team was up, and then all of a sudden the tide changed and they started to lose for whatever reason, kids were crying, oh, yeah. and men were starting to like push and shove. I mean, it was it it it's a it's in their blood. It's like uh, yeah, and I just kind of get. You know, I've watched. And these are fans; they're not even players. Well, and and the New Zealand team, um, they uh, they just won what's called the Bledisloe Cup, uh, which is played between four different countries uh, in that part of the world. The uh, it's New Zealand and Australia and Fiji and I want to say Argentina, which isn't mm. necessarily in that part of the world, but they're kind of grouped together. Sure. Um, and uh, New Zealand played Australia for this cup. And just the ridiculous, the, the New Zealand team, the all blacks, as they're called, they, yeah, yeah the, the, the passion of the fans. Oh my. And, and, and I miss seeing that at the Olympics. Of course, yes. I saw it in 2016. But even, you know, and, and people would say, well, what about rugby in the United States? Folks, the United States men's and women's teams that performed in the Olympics didn't perform necessarily up to their standards. But I think after this last Olympics here in Tokyo, maybe it's just because I'm a fan, but I think that those U S men's and women's teams for rugby 
put the sport on the map here in the United States. Oh, I agree because, you know, for a long time, if you look back at the history of rugby, um, it is not historically uh, a Western thing. Right. Yep. You and, know, it and, was always kind of more of a European or, or somewhere else, right? Here we have, you know, people people often equate rugby with our American football, like the, the National Football League. And, of course, they couldn't right, be more right. different. Um, well, there are similar, there are similar, right, the concept maybe, the idea is might maybe the same, but obviously there are some some uh, subtle differences and some right. greater than that, but. Um, I agree with you, and I'm I'm really glad. Talk about a uh, not just a breakthrough for sports, but culture. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because absolutely. of course, with rugby, it's got its own culture. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I I saw on social media, you know, talking about culture. Some people were commenting on social media during the Olympics and when the matches and this and that. They're like, oh, you know, so for you people that are, you know, you like rugby, you must really like soccer. <laughs> No, no, I'll take rugby every day of the week and twice on Sundays over soccer. I'd rather yeah. watch paint dry on a wall than watch soccer. I'd rather watch paint dry in the bucket than I would. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's where people get, you know, football, right? F-U-T-B-O-L versus football, F-O-O-T ball. Um, it's just been, a, it's an Americanized version, of course, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, um, they're, they're not the same. They're completely different, even though soccer's, uh, a huge sport as well. Um, I guess there's a more of a preference um, for rugby. I, I think soccer is boring. Yeah. Well, I, and I, if, I would, yeah, I would see that and I'll raise you. I can't, like I said, I could for, if you, for our listeners, if you enjoy soccer, uh, great, more power to you. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I, I would, if, if somebody invited me to a, a match, I guess I'd go. Just, but I, I just can't. For some reason, I never got into soccer. I would rather yeah. watch rugby, and I would gladly go to a rugby match any day of the week. Oh, me too. Um, me too. Um, I, but you know, I, I would also go to a women's volleyball game. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, the well, teamwork. Oh, you know, yeah. watching the watching not just the U.S. but watching women's volleyball yeah. and even women's basketball. I'm not gonna lie. The teamwork and the uh, you know the reason I say like women's basketball. Is because growing up, I never really, uh, you know, dad never really had on a basketball game. It, it, you know, if it was a sports game at all, and even you, right, um, always interested in sports more than me. I'm catching on to this day, right, slowly but surely. Basketball was never, re- never really came into our home. You know, we, we would putz around out in the driveway, which was Unless- fun. I'm going to interrupt you real quick, though. I want to I want to make a correction here. Oh, Unless- Unless it was Michael the nineteen nineties Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Okay. Now that's 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 different, right? I still I still love that song and I love the old school jerseys. Yep. You're right, but that that that's really one of the only exceptions, right? Correct. Um, and that's why I mentioned women's because it, you know, for a long time, right? People were like, "Well, what's what's the WNBA? Is that is that a degree you need in finance?" You know, nobody really knew it was unheard of. And so for women, and there's some badass women basketball players. Oh, yes. That if, if, if the world was different, I would, I would post up with any male basketball player. Um, if, if, of course, the playing field was more level yeah. in that respect. So that was fun to watch. Um, well, but at the same time, you also know how big of a fan I am of, of Aquaman. Oh, right? yeah. And so Caleb Dressel. 
Yes. Was a beauty to watch. Oh, I man. mean, this he won five gold medals, and that kid and was rolling. He's he, he he's he, that makes him a unique boss of any nation at these mm. Tokyo games. Agreed. And I got exhausted just watching him stretch. I mean, yeah. the 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 freestyle and butterfly when it comes to swimming, people don't realize, or even polo. Here I'm like, that looks like fun. You know, they're 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 having a little dalliance in the pool, but to have to tread water like that, talk uh, about exhausting. I'd be gassed before like the first minute was over and I'd they, just sink to the bottom. Like yeah, they would be you'd be you'd see this yellow or this red little ring fly out just to save me. Yeah. I, I would just be a blur at the bottom of the pool. I'd be so gassed. But just watching him, I mean, what a fish. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, I heard a couple things here and there kind of throughout the course. And, of course, swimming, it's always on, usually prime time. And I was hearing some, some things here and there about, oh, you know, you know, Dressel and Michael Phelps. First of all, you can't compare the two. You no. know, I mean, Michael Phelps is Michael Phelps. He he did what he did. Most decorated athlete in Olympic history. The facts speak for themselves. But I'm not taking anything away from Caleb Dressel either. No. That kid can flat out swim. Oh, yeah. He's quite the sturgeon. Nobody's business. And kudos no. to him. And, and well, and like I said at the top, all the athletes, well done. Oh, you showed absolutely. Up, you performed. Was it maybe a bummer that there weren't people there? I'm sure it was. But whether it was in the pool, whether it was on the rugby pitch, whether it was soccer or ping pong or whatever, I watched some of those ping pong matches. Those folks get tense, man. Oh, they do. I, oh, mine would be yeah. up in a tree or. Well, I'd probably, my hand would probably be sweaty and I'd launch my paddle up into the rafters. Yeah, that it would. It'd be, a, I'd have to get up there. Time out. Yeah, time. Can I get a time? Some of these guys are such sticklers, too. They take a time out and they have somebody come wipe the table off because there's sweat on the table. Oh. I mean, I guess I shouldn't complain. Sometimes I sweat just getting off the recliner, but, you know, yeah. I don't know. It depends on how hot it is outside. Right. But, no, uh, I, uh, you know, no, you're just uh, that's what I mean about the fierce competition and, and the and the heart. Yeah. Of all, all the athletes, and even in spite of everything that was going on around them and going on yeah. in the world, and even going on in their home countries, I, I, you know, really respected all the athletes. And I, I want to give a special shout out to all the athletes that represented African countries this this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kenya, um, uh, and and all all the other African countries. Yeah, yeah. um, just just awesome. Um. Well, and there were some countries too. I, I I did catch the opening ceremonies, and there were even some countries that had never sent athletes before nope. that that finally did or have yes. now. And kudos. Right. I mean, yes. like you said, that's that's big respect. Yeah, it is. It, it is. It's it's mad respect. I I think um, I think it was Kenya that won the most of any African country, and I think it was possibly. I think it was you know when you consider look at you know i'm not a geography major but when you look at africa um there were like 13 nations from africa that that won medals at tokyo and that's just that's mad respect Mm -hmm. i would agree with that i would agree with that as well 
And of course, um, Team USA finished at the at a at a very comfortable head spot at the medal table. Yep, it was close there for a while. Oh yeah, yes, several days. I was on my edge of my seat. Yeah, yeah. But I just wanted, you know, I, it's like boxing or for you know boxing or MMA for me. I don't really subscribe to a particular fighter. There are some that I think are better than others that have better skill, more skill, but I, but that they're, that are dicks, you know, outside of the ring. Mm. Um, and I just want a fair, clean matchup. And I, I just, uh, um, that's all I ask for when it comes yeah. to any kind of a sport or a competition and, and, and fair, right. Yeah. I want fairness down the line and then I'm good to go with whoever the victor is. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, yeah, I'm in the USA, but, but, you know, it really is may the best team win, may the best person win. Um, and you know, we, we know who those people were now that they have concluded. Yeah. I'm just, you know, um, I'm just very glad that they got it in and they, they got a chance to, to compete and put their hard work to, 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 I won't say use, but hard work pay off. Me too. And I just wish that they could have done more to help with their economy. Uh, you know, but it was also a good call to not have, you know, people in attendance. Right. Um, and I just, you know, uh, I just really look forward to the winter games um, because that's yeah, going to yeah. be a major uh, source of pride. Actually. I think it's what Beijing. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Winter games 2022 will be in, uh, in Beijing. Well, and again, talk about a huge source of pride if people understand the culture of China, because um, if it is indeed Beijing and they do pull it off, um, that would be the world's first city to host both the Summer and Winter Olympics. And that's kind of a big deal for me. Yeah, no, that is. They did host the Summer Games in, in 2008. So, um, yeah, no, it'll be it'll be interesting. And I hope. I do sincerely hope, and and I I feel like we're kind of nearing the end of our um, what's the word I want our our pleasant portion of the episode. Yes. I hope that the pandemic is is uh, more under control when the twenty two games roll around for Beijing. Um, and and I guess on that note, there's just it it doesn't it it never seems to it never ceases i should say to amaze me and you would probably agree how whether we do an episode every week every two weeks uh or every day which we could i guess if we wanted to but it doesn't matter what our time frame is there's always some i, I i'm going to call it what it is there's always some sort of goofy bullshit going on with this pandemic yeah and sorry, I, I was taking you, a sip of water. <laughs> I no, that's fine. But I but no, I when you said goofy, I almost burped it up because I was <laughs> thinking a lot of like you said goofy bullshit, and I'm sitting here thinking silly bullshit, and so well, we both we both have our thesaurus working for us. And I think you know where I'm going with. Can can you read my thoughts? What what am I thinking? What what, what do I mean when I say that? Why don't you? I'll give you I'll give you two guesses, but you're probably only going to need one. Well, um, let me see. Goofy bullshit. Um, that roughly translates to I cannot fucking believe that there are actual states in this country that are prohibiting or not allowing 
people to wear masks, especially in schools. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, I like chicken cutlets if you don't mind. Oh, okay, I can do that. Yeah, but that that's that's just uh, um, yes. I don't understand. I don't understand personally why others don't understand the logic and the science behind wearing a mask indoors. It's simple to me. It is. It is. And for our listeners, you're absolutely right. You are the winner of the day. For our listeners, it is the um, what should we call them? Uh, Not the let's see, not the not the role model. Well, I guess it is the role models, but the role models for the uh, for the clinically uh, stupid. Yes. Florida. Texas, Oklahoma, among a handful of others, but Arizona. like Florida and Texas and area Arizona, Missouri. Florida and Texas, for some reason, are the ones that I always see. Oh, yeah. They are two of the handful of states whose governors have taken it upon themselves to pressure or push or sign executive orders and in some cases even passed laws which take precedent over executive orders Mm -hmm. that ban schools from requiring students to wear masks to prevent the spread of the virus yeah and so somebody listening to this could say well uh, you know, brothers of discussion, who the hell cares? Why is that such a big deal? Why you make, why'd you bring it up? Who cares? So what? Uh, uh, folks, for those of you that haven't maybe been paying attention or just maybe weren't aware, and I don't mean that in a bad way, I'm just saying you weren't aware, the CDC has recommended that all school-age children from kindergarten, which I know can be very hard, very difficult to get young kids to wear masks all day, I can totally imagine how I think of my nephews, how young they are, and and one of them starting school in the near future. It would be very hard to get him to wear a mask all day. I totally understand it. But the CDC has said kindergarten to 12th grade, we want them, it's recommended highly, wear masks in school. These governors are like, nah, you can't make them do that. We don't really care if they are school. To the point where, get this shit, and this is a true story. I talked with you about this earlier this week. The Florida governor, and I'm going to call this fool out, uh, DeSantis, he came out a week ago. He's since retracted or goose-stepped on backwards to what he's doing. But for a while, he was saying that he would be, the state of Florida would, would withhold salary from teachers and districts who enforce students to wear masks yeah i heard something like that too that he would actually penalize teachers yeah we're gonna financially penalize you we're not gonna pay you yeah if you which they don't get paid crap anyway well and that's that's a discussion for another day Mm -hmm. Uh, we you and i sure didn't get into education for the coin no that's for sure but neither here nor there for today, anyway, you penalize teachers for wanting to stay safe. And then just like yesterday, I saw that uh, a parent or two parents uh, in Texas got in trouble for ripping a face mask off a teacher. Wow. Parents. 
Oh my gosh. I so think that, that that DeSantos or what was his name? Uh Rick DeSantis or something like that. Yeah, I, don't know. Was... I, I try not to remember these names, but Yeah. Well what's whatever his name is, this um He's a clown, man. That he's that yeah, the goon in Florida. He uh wasn't he the same one? I think he was that when he was making his point about why people shouldn't have to wear masks or prohibiting a mandate, he said something about um our kids need to breathe. Yeah. And he was making it sound like masks actually inhibit breathing, which is A, not true, and B, that's not true. And C, um, I think a lot of teachers, including myself, especially those in Florida, um, have have a simple question, and that is how can kids breathe if they're dead? Well, and I was going to say, you're exactly right, and that's a great – it's a rhetorical. It doesn't need an answer because you're right. There's no really – there's no one – that I know of that can honestly levy a legitimate argument against that. The other thing I was going to say too, is is it harder to breathe through a piece of cloth? And it takes a little while. I even found it out myself that there are some kinds of fabric that breathe easier than others. Um, Is it easier to breathe through a mask than it is through a ventilator? Right. I I, I was just the other day and, and people then would probably come back with, well, well, there's a low rate of COVID amongst kids. What? Are, so what? Who cares? No, there isn't. Uh, there's not. It's actually on the rise because of the Delta variant and parents giving it to their kids or vice versa. And just the other day, I was uh, reading an unfortunate headline that said a 15-year-old kid in South Carolina died from COVID. Yeah. So, see, and and, yeah. and and there's so many cases that we're not hearing about. Exactly right. Exactly you know, right. the statistics don't always. I mean, they're. I don't. They, yeah. Well. Well, and you mentioned ventilator, you know, or even yeah. a respirator. Yeah. Just there's so many of these, whether they're YouTube's or I hate to say it, but I've even seen some TikToks. Not yeah. that I, not that I make a habit of watching TikToks, but um, if they're free and I'm bored. Um, but there'll be actual videos of people on their deathbed saying, you know, uh, yeah, I was an anti this or that, and now I'm not. And, and, and then conveying some kind of a heartfelt message well, right, to whoever's watching. And it's like, um, I didn't, uh, wasn't it, didn't the Texas governor, doesn't he now have COVID? Yeah, I was just going to get to that. Yeah, they, so the governor of Texas, who they Texas and Florida seem to be kind of hand in hand on this stuff. And I, I, just for the record, nobody asked, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, aside from um, like, I don't know, like Disneyland, you know, the new Star Wars and Harry Potter stuff they have there. I, you couldn't pay me to go back to Florida. I've been to both Florida and Texas. You couldn't pay me to go back to either one of them unless you told me I'd have Disneyland to myself for a week. Yeah. Then then maybe. Right. But uh, yeah, Texas. Uh, I don't know his first name. is the, the Abbott, the governor. Governor Abbott is his name oh. or whatever his last name is. Okay. Uh, or first name. Yeah, he, he just was at a massive. Um, in fact, I just saw this this morning. He was at a massive event like the day before he got COVID and there wasn't a mask in sight. Oh yeah. So whether somebody there gave it to him or he had it already, either way, 
it was like a massive event in a hotel, not a conference room, but like a like an event center or something like that. Sure. And there wasn't a mask in sight. And then he popped positive for COVID. Wow. But, but, again, he, passed, how can we... but he passed no masks in schools. Yeah. Again, how can we argue that it wasn't, that there wasn't some connection there? Like, well, here's, here's the thing now, you know, the blood pressure is slowly going up, but I'm going to hopefully bring it down a few ticks. Okay. The silver lining, the silver lining to this situation. And you know what? I hope that there are lawsuits up the yin yang suing these States and these governors for Mm. this, especially from teachers or yeah. teacher unions. Now, unfortunately, I'm I'm very sad to report, and you this might make you more upset. Um, Texas does not allow uh, teacher unions. No, I heard about that, and so they got no power. Uh, exactly right. That, that being said, me. that being said, silver lining, and I'm not going to go too far down this road because we still have one more topic we're going to get to in this episode. The Secretary of Education in the Joe Biden administration, President Mm -hmm. Biden administration, caught wind of these executive orders and these laws trying to get passed. Can't make kids wear masks and all that. Oh, well, we're not going to pay you as a teacher if you make them wear masks, that kind of shit. The, The Secretary of Education in the President Biden administration wrote a letter to the governor of Florida, DeSantis. And Mm. he said, Santos. Yeah. Yeah. Santos L helper. Yeah. He said, that's a Simpsons reference case. Anybody wondered what that was. Anyway, he wrote a letter to the governor of Florida and he said, um, first of all, shame on you. He probably nicer about it than that, but he said, um, what you're doing is wrong. You know, shame on you. And should you withhold, any financial um, compensation from educators or districts for basically because they're looking out for the safety of students and staff. If you refuse to pay them, we will compensate them from the federal level. I love it. I love it. He said, and for those that aren't familiar, long story short, there's a federal education. It's called the ESSER. I don't know, remember the exact acronym off the top of my head, but long story short, it's an, it's a financial emergency fund for schools around Mm -hmm. the country. The secretary of education said that if any state and he used Florida as an example, withholds pay from teachers or staff because they're trying to do the masks, he said, we'll take money out of the ESSER and we'll pay you. Very nice. Yeah. Fuck. That's what you shouldn't have to do no. that. But it's no. like as a teacher, you get paid, you know, I mean, di- states are different, but you don't go into teaching for the money. No, no. And for some of these teachers, they work jobs in the summer. Absolutely. They do two jobs during the yep. school year, whatever. More than that. I don't know. But or, yeah, take on more, you know, uh, um, you know, I guess I shouldn't limit myself to teachers, but I was going to say professors too. I, exactly right. But, Edu- but, educators in yeah, general. in general, right? The, the ones that give a shit, the ones that actually care, because you're right. Um, you know, I used to. It is. It's been really difficult for me to not focus on, on these politicians, whether it's the, 
the Abbott Costello person you mentioned, or the 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 DeSantos, DeSant, D's nuts, whatever his name is. Um, I really got upset with them, and, and then the shenanigans that they were putting their own teachers through. Yeah. But instead of focusing on them and and their their ass hattery, my heart has been. I have tried to uh, give it out to the teachers, all the teachers that are in these states that are dealing with this, that actually yeah. care. I cannot. Well, I cannot even imagine. Uh, a teacher being in a setting, being in an environment, doing what they do on the day to day and and worrying like they would, like they do, like you're going to about students getting COVID and then actually dying. But they cannot do anything because of the actual law. Right. Like, like how that the law is saying they can't do anything as teachers. Like, well, no, our job, as you know, on our number one job is to protect, mm. whether that's from a, a gunman, whether that's from a gun girl, right? Got to be inclusive, mm. whether that's from um, a fart, whether that's from a pervy janitor. I mean, when they're in your classroom and that is your classroom, they're in your stead, they're in your care. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I it, you're handcuffing teachers. And that's the last thing you want to do. I got news for these these governors. What if you have a huge ass school, right? Like a lot of them are. Say you got three thousand or more. Uh, just throwing it out there, in 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 high school alone. Yeah. And, and and how there's no way that there will be or that there could be three feet or six feet between anybody at any given time. And then you want to add on top of that this 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 already crap Sunday, uh, the new Delta variant and how fast that that shit might travel yeah. among students. I, I just yeah, it it's it's upsetting and and again my heart goes to the teachers and I'm upset for the teachers. Um, yeah. So then there's students that are that are going to be there like you what was the what the cdc say you said what what age groups it everything from kindergarten to seniors yeah okay so that makes sense because what i found out is happening in arizona and other states they ban wearing masks in schools but yeah. there are students that are too young to get vaccines exactly right which is weird because the governor uh doug ducey or douchey whatever is actually pushing people this is he's come out and he's actually pushed people to get vaccinated and so i'm not understanding what what sense that makes well um, you can't you can't upset your voters though oh that that and that's what it comes down to is politics and you got it man. um so you know the question remains what if teachers are vaccinated and they're not required to wear masks but students are not vaccinated and also unmasked. It's a, it needs to be an all or nothing, right? You got it. it. You can't pick and choose who wear ma- who wears masks and who doesn't. Ding ding. Um, unfortunately, there's so many teachers now because of this that are actually choosing to quit and give up on their passion of changing lives yeah. rather than go back to school because of COVID and because of the laws that are in place. Well, and I think for a lot of them too, it's it, they're scared for their health. You know? And they should be. 
I they, mean, this is a life-threatening. There'll be no teaching anything if uh, if if this shit goes south. And right. Well, I don't know. And then there's obviously rumor. I don't. I think it's become more than rumor in the last few days. But um, coming out of the coming out of the Oval Office, there's rumor about a a, a booster. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some. Uh, the word September comes to mind. Um, but of course, people to get that they need the initial dose, and so right that that now we have a whole nother cluster that something uh, man, it's 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 something, and and again, it just there we go again. Some people just want to watch the world burn. I it's an abuse of power, and um, <laughs> well. Uh, On that note, should we take it to the last piece of the episode then? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, the other thing that's been making rounds and and really ramped up in the last week, uh, the Middle East. Yeah. And, well, context. We're coming up on the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 incident, 9-11 terrorist attack. Uh, 20 years, uh, you know, you and I were in seventh and eighth grade respectively when that happened. I remember, uh, the teacher I had at the time rolling the TV into the, into the classroom and watching the, you could hear a pin drop. Mm-hmm. The United States has had a presence <coughs> over there since that incident. Yep. And the Donald Trump administration put a deadline date of may 1st or something like that on withdrawing troops from afghanistan with the idea that we've been there too long our mission that you know what we went there for at the very beginning has been done for quite some time we spent 20 years there helping them build a democracy and training military uh to take care of themselves and hold off forces like the Taliban and the things like that. And so May 1st came on went and troops were slowly starting to leave. And then what, like, I don't know, a week, two weeks ago, whatever, president Biden pulled the majority of them out and all hell broke loose. Yeah. The Taliban in the last week has taken over. I think I saw a map that said like 75% of the country and all the major cities. They drove the president. I use that term loosely. The president of Afghanistan. It was a very loose democracy. Drove him out of the country. He fled for his life. They found him. I just saw the other day. They found him hiding in the UAE. Mm. United Arab Emirates. Oh. Emirates. They found him hiding there. I thought he was at a Hilton or a Best Western. Um, the Taliban have literally set up camp, literally, in the presidential mansion or house in the city of Kabul, which is the mm. capital of Afghanistan. Mm. And we've all, I'm sure, seen the footage of people at the airports trying to get flights and get out, and there's concern for the interpreters and the people that worked with the U.S. military, uh, getting them out. And so there it is. 
And the big question is now, of course, Joe Biden, President Biden has, you know, um, what's the word I want? Uh, I not understandably, but but as you can imagine, uh, President Biden has been taking a lot of shit, for lack of a better term, for his decision and the the way he went about and his administration went about the exit of American troops from the from the country and you know somebody tell me and people I mean it's always going to be point the finger at the guy who's in the Oval Office or woman right but um, can somebody honestly give me a a better uh, less um, less dramatic or less um, uh, what's the word I want Uh, less uh, let well less shitty way to do it. Yeah, I, I don't well, know. I yeah, mean, I was I was going to say who's got a better idea? Like let's let's yeah. take some phone calls. I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not surprised that um, it did happen on his watch, and he I I um on, well, on Biden's watch. I mean, I I it did. Um, but if we want to get technical, the mm-hmm. Trump administration set up the deadline. Well, and if we want to get more technical, um, this goes back as far as Bush and even Obama and then Trump. So, yeah, well, and that's I, the thing, I, you know, you know Biden, Biden took over this crap uh, and it wasn't his fault. Uh, not all of it. I'll put it that way. Um, I do appreciate that he acknowledged that this siege, uh, if we'll call it that, happened more quickly than he had ex- that he had expected. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, he might have blamed um, other people. In his speech, um, did not. I, no, he didn't. And I, I, I actually kind of like how he gave a nod to Truman. Right, the yeah. buck stops here. Um, yeah. Unlike, unlike former President Trump, who, oh, if God. we're going to be honest, he, uh, he blamed the media, the Democrats, China, the CDC, Pelosi, Obama, the voters, and God Himself for everything that happened during his presidency. At least Biden is trying to correct his correct himself true and you know here's, and you're right. here's you the know, thing now that you mention it and and guess what's so funny is that according to the polls <laughs> uh the majority of voters of all political parties mind you wanted us to pull out of afghanistan and yet they're turning around now and bitching at the way it was done yeah um that is one thing i don't understand and yeah, this was fumbled. Uh, this was fumbled a long time ago. Um, and we don't even have to go that far back. Um, 2017, Donald Trump. Yeah. And, and, and what happened then later in 2020, uh, after years of negotiation, um, there was some kind of a peace agreement that they made. And uh, Trump agreed to withdraw troops and release some 5,000 Taliban prisoners and the Taliban agreed uh, to take certain steps and that there wouldn't be any violence. And this did not bring about peace. And nobody knows where Trumpy Bear went after that. Well, and, and the biggest thing that I've been hearing is, is um, you know, should we have stayed? Should we have, you know, sh- was it too soon? Was it this and that? Here's, here's my response to that. 
looking back and Biden said this in his speech, he said, yeah, the buck stops with me. It was, you know, whatever he said, he stands by his decision. Fine. He's a man of his convictions. I got to give him credit for that. But he also said he is the, is the um, fifth president or, or fourth, excuse me, fourth president to inherit this mess. And he said, I don't want to pass it on to a fifth. Right. I kudos. Absolutely. Now, and good for him for at, wanting to ask, you know, and kind of grill former presidents, uh, former presidents for allowing uh, this 20 year war to go on for as long as it has. And that brings me to my point of should we have stayed longer? Should we have gone out? Whatever. Here's here's where I'm at. And I'm just going to leave it at this. We were there for 20 years. We went in after the 9-11 incident in New York. 20 years, we helped them set up a democracy. We helped them set up a some sort of a government. What were the Afghan people doing this entire time? Were they picking their noses in class or what's the deal? Well, good question. And that's one of the things of many that pisses me off about this whole ordeal is that uh, 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 at the time of the, uh, I keep calling it a siege, because I guess in warfare that's what it is, but upon taking the capital, um, supposedly the the Afghan security forces were well-funded and well-equipped and yeah, they with put US up little, weapons. Absolutely, and, and training, and they put up little or no fight. Yeah. And this is a clear message to me that the That's Afghans military military and law enforcement are unable to defend their own country. And and I again if we're if we're ascribing fault, I don't, I'm not sure I'm not sure what more the US could have done to, to I, help I to be honest I, with you. I, I, I'm I'm sorry, right? Somebody could say that this comes from the voice uh, of privilege. I'm not even gonna go there. But Afghanistan must learn to take responsibility for their own country and stop blaming us and stop blaming other countries, other allies for their own problems. And I also would like to see everyone, all the citizens of Afghanistan who maybe helped the American forces, I want to see them evacuated if they wish, of course. Now there's a risk of, of retribution from these horrible people and yes yeah. I'm, I'm passing judgment yeah. I, I i actually had to look up the taliban because like you um i became interested in this group after 9 11 right uh when they uh were accused of of providing a sanctuary i guess um for the 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 prime suspects of the trade center attacks bin laden and his al-qaeda movement yeah um The Taliban need to relax. It's no longer the 1980s, and the Soviets are no longer trying to invade Afghanistan, at least not to my knowledge. Uh, and I don't know that much about Islamic law, but I do know that beating women to death with the butts of AK-47s and blowing up houses and not allowing women to go to school, making men grow beards, and, and, and women have to cover themselves. Now we're talking about something else. Now we're talking about civil liberties and basic human rights. Inalienable is what they're called in this country. And so 
um, when you have one group of people in some country, I don't give a shit what it is, imposing their will and, and, and quite out using violence to abuse people. Now we have a fucking problem. Yeah, it's and, and I'm not and, and I think I can speak for you as well when I say that we're not ripping Islamic culture. We're no, not I ripping, don't know much about it, but I, I really don't. I, what I, I do I, know, what I do know about Islam they're doing the exact opposite oh absolutely and that's just it is that they're forcefully imposing their interpretation of islamic law when i'm not even sure that the traditional original uh uh, islamic texts would advocate what they're doing i know they wouldn't correct Correct. and so that is what gets me is that it's this it's this arbitrary interpretation that has been so and yes i'm going to use the word brainwashed that they have been brainwashed to believe. And I don't, I honestly, at this point, I would need a little more proof. Um, I don't trust that they will do what they say they'll do, that there will not be violence, that they will let women and girls go to school or whatever they're doing. Um, I don't, I don't, they don't have such a good track record. No, they don't, they don't have the best, like you said, yeah, record as far as being uh, the most honest ones in the room. And I, I'm worried. I, I, I'm, I'm legitimately upset and worried. Um, I, I saw the footage of that, you know, the, the, that C-17 uh, Globemaster cargo plane out of Dover. Um, yeah. And the, they were on, they were in Kabul and they, they had their back door open a little bit and 600 and some citizens yeah. got into the plane and yeah. the skeleton crew of five young airmen um, had to make a split decision of whether or not they weren't allowed. They violated every regulation. It was found out from the Pentagon uh, that the United States Air Force had of of transporting that many people with the setup. No, don't get me wrong. A C seventeen can handle a lot more than that. They haul tanks and shit. Yeah, but they violated every U.S. Air Force regulation in making that decision to shut the damn door and to take off as fast as they could. And they, you know what, their, their, their leader, when they got back or when they got back in touch with whoever it was, um, they, they were not, if anything, they're being rewarded instead of punished because they followed what was kind of known as the intent of their leader at, at causing no harm and actually saving lives. But the, the plane wasn't set up for human cargo, it, it, chairs and, and, and canvas straps. Yeah. And, and and so, you know, and there's going to continue to be more evacuations, I guess, which there should be. And I'm just saying right now, there better not be any problems with that. Yeah. And and I mean, they're they're sending more more now sending troops back to to make sure that those evacuations go all right. You know, and uh, as far just... as as far as U.S. soldiers supposedly. Uh, I'm not even going to call them soldiers because it wasn't, it wasn't, that wasn't, uh, at that point, it wasn't a warfare situation. It wasn't infantry, but there were rumors that the U S people were tearing up their passports. Um, and, and you know, that that's different. It was to actually hide their identity so that the Taliban didn't get a hold of who they were. Right. If I, if I had to guess, you know, and yes, I am, I'm putting a lot of trust in, uh, you know, that, that fact and, and what I'm saying. And I mean, come on, if, if the U S really didn't give a shit 
about the Afghan people. Would they have been there for 20 years? Whether we should have or not, we've already talked about how we thought in many aspects that that was too damn long. Yeah. But somebody somewhere, Bush, Obama, Trumpy Bear, somebody, it, 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 it had to be more than just about politics. After pouring as much money and support and resources as we did into that country. Yeah. It wasn't to just look good. We don't need help doing that. We don't even need help looking bad. And trust me, we don't look all that good all the time. But we, we can compensate with, with an awesome USA Olympic team. It just, it, it, it boils my ass, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously worried. Yeah. Uh, at, at, they're innocent. I mean, I, I read such a heartbreaking story the other day, and I don't even know if I should share it, but it drives the point home. Like, like this, this Afghan woman and her 20-some-year-old daughter were at their house, their home yeah. in, in Afghanistan, and this, this guy knocks on the door, Taliban. He's got an AK-47. And he's got 14 other Taliban soldiers behind him. And he makes her, forces her to cook a meal for all those people. She says, I don't have enough food. I don't have enough food for that. I'm poor or we're poor. This is all we have. And with the help of the butt of their rifles, they beat this woman to death in front of her daughter. Real story that came out of Afghanistan. I, I, I mean, I don't. Let's, I mean, maybe try to, let's pick on somebody your own size for one, but two, let's stop picking on people. I think, again, the threat's over. The the history of the Taliban, right? Again, I guess it came out of the 80s when they had to break off and, and try to fight the Soviets. Um, it's time to move on. Yeah, it's, it's a you mess. You can believe whatever you want to believe, but don't impose that on other people. Yeah, and I, I mean, I just, I hope it's sad, it's messed up, it's its botched, whatever, I don't know. I just, I hope for the best of those people that want to stay safe, that want to, that, that are looking for, um, you know, refuge. just, yeah, refuge, comfort, and that's a story for another day, but I just, I hope for the best. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I mean, this is, this is no, I mean, that's, that's what I mean about, you know, people, uh, it, you, you could tell a lot about a person uh, and their character and whether or not you'd want them to sleep on your couch or, or have a beer with them yeah. um, when they're focusing more on what Biden didn't do than the welfare of the people of Afghanistan, especially when they they are um, they have plenty of resources and, and, and dare I say privilege. Um, I don't have to worry tonight when I go to bed. Yeah about shit happening to me or there being a knock at the door or, or who's on the other side of that door. I mean, I, I don't have to worry about that. That's, I guess, what makes up that real thin line between sympathy and empathy. And yeah. some just, some just can't, they, they can't spell either word. So yeah. Oh yeah. That's the truth of it. I'm at least trying not that <sighs> I'm all high and mighty, but I just, God damn it. It's not about, it's not about politics anymore. Who did what it's about, where do we go from here? This uh, is not the first political mistake that has ever been made in the history of this country or they in the history of US foreign policy. Oh yeah. So let's let's get let's get the smart folks together around the table 
and let's uh, let's let's mobilize. What is it? The Boondock Saints. It's time to get excited, mofo. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think some folks are are you know, it, well, the excitement is there and not necessarily in a good way. Yeah, well, and people will take a news story like we maybe have here. Somebody could argue, right? Um, uh, and, and twist it or or take out of it from what they will. Um, but at the end of the day, it's kind of about, um, okay, so that shit happened. Can't go back in time, at least not yet, uh, unless somebody to Neil deGrasse Tyson or, or what's, who's the Tesla clown. They haven't invented a time machine yet. So, um, I guess we have to keep moving forward. Kind of like the American flag on, on the uniforms of, of soldiers that might look backwards, but it's, it's meant to, to be. Uh, patched like that so that the, the flag's always moving forward. Agreed. And um, and like I said, I, I hope for the best. I hope for the yep. best for the Afghanistan situation. I hope for the best with the freaking kids in school going back oh, and all that too. stuff. Oh, and the you know, environment and the smoke. And yeah. yes, I, I, I do. I, I just, I, uh, yeah, I yeah. just, just peace, right? I know that sounds cliche, but just peace and I don't know. Well, free love but, and peace. And on that note, uh, kind of a happier silver lining. Yes. Um, peace and love. Um, Jimi Hendrix. Yes, sir. That's that's the end of the episode. That brings us to an end. I liked it. I, I do. I because see, I can, I, I don't, uh, it's a good way to, uh, you know, I might not, I, I, I don't. It, it's a good way to like be able to, I mean, talk about the, the power of dialogue and being able to converse about something, right? To share ideas. You know, I learned some things from you and, and maybe others I'll learn. I, I hope to learn from other people. Their opinions are welcome too. And, and, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll have more information on, on Obama and, and Afghanistan or Bush on Afghanistan or, that I'll learn something from. Um, and I think there needs to be more of that constructive conversation. So, yeah. I appreciate the invite. I really do. And um, I appreciate the podcast and I appreciate being um, a co-host with you. I, I do too. And, and this has been such a fun project and I look forward to, to many more down the road. And, um, but um, you know, it's, it's good man. we're just going to keep talking and, and if people are willing to check us out and listen and, and uh, find it entertaining, we'll, we'll keep doing it. Absolutely. And I hate to be rude, but I uh, uh, there's a cold beer in the fridge calling my name. And I think Big Bang Theory is going to be on soon. Sounds like a plan. So, well, because, uh, you know, another another world issue is when beer expires. Oh, yeah. And, what a, and that's what a whole nother that's a whole nother podcast. But, but I don't uh, I don't want to be irresponsible. You know what we call we call that a goddamn Greek tragedy. Yeah, you know what it is. It's the equivalent of a child dropping his ice cream cone. We'll uh, we'll get back with you next week, and uh, we'll have a, another episode rolling uh, in the near future. And uh, uh, thank you to our listeners for for tuning in on this episode. And um, hopefully, we get somebody to put those fires out. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. We'll get with you later.